the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, thanks to all of you that are joining us live, 11 a.m. Thursday. I mean, set a, an alarm or better yet, subscribe on YouTube. Because if you subscribe on YouTube and you smash that bell for notifications, that means that you get a notification every single time that we go live, which of course is going to be Mondays for our Upon Further Review. It's going to be Thursdays for our weekly locks and Saturday nights for our instant reaction. Uh, throw in some of the great chats that we've got looking at the early lines release on Sunday, a few mailbag and listener questions on Tuesday, and you can be a part of all that. Just hit that bell for notifications for youtube.com slash cover three. Of course, subscribe to the audio format wherever you get your podcasts and go and leave us a five-star review because it's about that time. We need to open up the big old bag of mail. So uh, make sure that you leave a five-star review in it. Put your future mailbag question and then we will add it to a mail bag episode that uh, gentlemen week six on deck uh, a great spread of games we got a double header on cbs we begin uh, as we always do with a quick recap of last week's results uh tom it was a six and four week overall the wins included the under 48 and a half in georgia arkansas the under 51 in notre dame cincinnati alabama covering that 14 and a half we got ourselves a little bit of a bar fight win you and I against uh, Danny as Michigan ends up uh, covering, winning, sort of handling Wisconsin entirely. Tennessee plus three, never a doubt. And then uh, UNITY cashes with uh, Ohio State minus 14. Shout out to Queen Latifah. The only losses, you had Oregon minus seven and a half. Uh, Washington plus two and a half against Oregon State. Southern Miss plus two. And then the over 47 in Minnesota, Purdue, uh, a deluge. Uh, for the Boilermakers, really making it difficult to be able to go and get those tutties. Thoughts, notes, observations as we uh, look ahead to week six. They're so on track for the over in that Minnesota-Purdue game until the rain came in the second half and just killed everything. <laughs> it's the difference between a good week and an excellent week. Uh, no, it was just, I, I feel like it was a good week. I had, I'm done with Southern Miss. They will not be on the locks pot again, at least not me betting on them. Not this season. I'm just my, I've I've accepted the fact that my number on them is just wrong and I have to tear that thing down and start from the bottom up. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I felt good about my picks last week. A lot of confidence. The results kind of reflected that after a couple mediocre weeks. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about what I got in store for this week, too. Love it. Uh, Chip, five and four on the week. Uh, the wins were BYU minus eight and a half, the under 46 and a half in Boston College. Clemson, I, 
I was staring down another potential overtime with tears in my eyes. If that was going to be another Clemson undergoes bust in extra time. I uh, mentioned the Michigan win. Uh, Oklahoma State minus three and a half. Pitt minus three against Georgia Tech. Ran it up on the Bs. Took an L with Fresno State. That one hurt. Uh, the under in Oklahoma, Kansas State. Both teams moved the ball very effectively. That did not uh, have much of a chance. And then UCLA minus three could not contain Arizona State. I got off to a oh, and also Notre Dame plus two and a half. That was uh, that was wrong. Congrats to Cincinnati. I I got off to a hot start. Ended up taking a couple L's later in the day. I got to tell you, I felt really cocky about it. Probably about six p.m. And then those last little uh, last few losses end up bringing me closer to five hundred than I was hoping. But uh, excited about where we're at, Danny. We got uh, Maryland plus three and a half. It did not deliver the kind of top five upset we were hoping. We had the helmet in the background. It was a Mike Loxley. Uh, Leah moved the ball, but boy, the turnovers, uh, especially in red zone, ended up hurting them. And it was a two for one special. The, uh, the under 48 does not cash as Iowa got to 51 by itself. Uh, under 80 for Bama Ole Miss. That's a winner. Uh, also winning the under in Florida, Kentucky. Also winning TCU plus five and a half. And as I mentioned, shout out to Latifah, the UNITY for Ohio State. Uh, losses include UAB minus one and a half. I think we talked about that on Wednesday's show. The, they partied too hard for uh, the opening of the new stadium. Uh, Wisconsin, the also on the under for Oklahoma, Kansas State. And the I think that's all of them. So four and five on the Dude. week. Uh, what, how are we feeling? Uh, kind of gross. Like my week was the thing that bothered me the most. And we'll get to Bud here in a sec. Bud was nine and one. His only loss was one that we were in lock agreement on. That really <laughs> bothered me because then he like jumped on with me and I was like, oh, so I feel like I'm the jinx, but it's all about to change because you guys know what month it is. It's October. No, it's not. It's Locktober. Let's go. It's Locktober. I'm about to get it dialed in. This is where I kind of took it off last week and just started to soar. Let's go. I'm ready. Locktober is here. Oh, bud. And uh, as Danny mentioned, just scorching hot. Nine and one. Uh, the wins. Virginia getting it done on Thursday night. The under 80 in Bama Ole Miss. Arkansas first half team total under six and a half. New Mexico State plus 28. That's a that's a pair of sicko mode. And UConn plus 15. Sickos just cashing left and right. Auburn plus three and a half. Uh the over 36 for and a half for Ohio State. I believe that was a team total. And the Ohio State minus 14, minus 12 and a half for Penn State. But uh you you came into this show last week very upset that you weren't able to dial in your early numbers because you were loving the prior week in week four, how the the Sunday picks went and you were disappointed with how these picks went at the end of the week. I, I got to say, you got to have no complaints from coming out of this week. No, 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 no complaints. Um, I, I was straight up wrong on Maryland, Iowa. Uh, like, like I said in last week's show, I usually just kind of take total yards and divide by 15 to see if I was in the ballpark for like total points scored in the game on that under. Uh, and yeah, turnovers did help that thing go over, but also Iowa's offense played a lot better uh, than I thought it would. So I, I, that was a deserved loss uh, for me there. Um, UConn's playing better, guys. They really are since Randy Etzel's out. And they they almost beat Vandy despite the fact that uh, Fomachon uh, was out of that game. The, the other backup they played really wasn't that bad. Uh, 
also like the one thing I'll say is sometimes if your first half team total is six and a half, it's six and a half for a reason. Because some defenses are really good. So I may go back to that well again this week. Ooh, that's a little bit of a tease. <laughs> Gentlemen, week six on deck. Are y'all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Since 2005, when Service Academy's locked. Don't get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The under is 33.9. We've gone over it a million times. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. So before we get to the game of the week, um, UMass UConn, I want to make sure that we touch on our week night uh picks as for anybody who's getting to it now for anybody who is watching live on youtube.com slash cover three so does anybody have any thursday action not that i'm locking up but my twitter tip for the day is the under in houston and tulane i also hit that uh i'm not gonna lock that up now because it's moved five points Mm -hmm. so uh (laughs) however something else that has moved i will be throwing out a lock on this um I really did not think that the Houston-Tulane line was going to go in the way that it did. And Tulane has played two really bad games, obviously, against, uh, well, Oklahoma scored on them. Their defense couldn't stop them. At Ole Miss, it just totally routed them. But Tulane was displaced a little bit with the hurricane. So, you know, and I said it right, hurricane, not hurricane. Uh, I am going to take, I think for the show purposes, I should have to take six and a half. There is a seven out there at the South Point, uh, and I this may go to seven by game time. So if you guys want to wait, obviously, like for my personal bets, I'm going to wait. But uh, Are you show, capable of betting plus seven right now? Uh, yes, there's a seven out there right now. Then I just need you, to make, text somebody in Vegas. Then you're, then you're getting a seven. All right. Give me that seven. Uh, yeah, give me that seven right there with Tulane. I think Tulane is actually live to pull the upset. Houston has played some teams that are pretty bad recently. And I'm not like I think Houston's defense is good, but I'm not sure it's like that good, you know? So Tulane. Wrong, wrong green button. Thank two. Okay. Um, yeah, my note says uh it's a little I I don't always know if I've got the same numbers you do, but it feels like a fade the public, not only because of the line movement, but because of where I'm seeing the percentages on bets and percentages on money. And uh it's a hold your nose play, but I don't trust Houston to go on the road in a Thursday night game and be deserving of covering six and a half. That's I the the record that Tulane has is not indicative of the team that I think Willie Fritz can field, at least in this spot, right? And I, I agree with you, bud. I, if you want to sprinkle, it won't be a money line sprinkle for me. I, I do think that Tulane's got a chance to be able to uh, to win that. So I am also on Tulane plus six and a half. And I got to tell you, it was a hold your nose pick, but I feel better when Bud Elliott is the one who's introducing <laughs> it coming off his... I was going to say, I, I, don't know, I, I, I mushed Danny last week, though. <laughs> yes. So well, I hey, yeah. I think we're all like the chat room right now. We're all like, maybe we should all hop on uh, on a Bud's coattails here and just start riding them. <laughs> uh, okay, so Friday action. Anybody got a play for Friday? I do. Okay, let's hear it. It didn't work last week, but if I got props, I'm going to use them. You see what helmets back over there? See that one? <laughs> that one? So the Sun Devils are playing tomorrow night, late game against Stanford in Tempe. 
Um, Stanford, I think, is a little bit overvalued right now. And I think Arizona State is getting right at the right time. Like, it was a slow start for them. They had the loss to BYU, which doesn't look as bad. Stanford, great job from Tanner McKee to come out, get banged up, get that win against Oregon. That Joe Moorhead loss, I think, really impacted that Oregon team. Stanford's not really good on either side of the ball. They're towards the bottom of most statistical categories in the Pac-12 on offense and defense. I think Arizona State has way more athletes. I think they're starting to smell an opportunity of, hey, maybe it's us that needs to be talked about as a Pac-12 representative in the playoffs. So give me Arizona State laying the – I like it anywhere. Can I get it as good as 12 or is it at 13 and a half right now? I I always have – I can get you a 13. Okay, that's perfect. As long as it's under two touchdowns, I still like it. So I'll take that. I'll, I'll take Arizona State and lay the 13. Can we talk about the fact that this game starting at 1030 Eastern on a Friday night? Like, yeah, can Friday- we talk about the fact that I'm going to have to wait till this game ends to talk about it after on Inside College Football? Hey, we, we should note that uh, since we shot all these other sports books and we're technically sponsored by Caesars, Caesars is hanging 12 and a half. So we should de- definitely oh. give Danny like our, oh, our actual yeah. sponsor book there, 12 and a half. <laughs> Thank you, bud. I See, mean, that's why he was nine and one. Like that game, uh, looking out. Th- that game is going to be ending as game day starts. <laughs> Sorry. What'd you say, bud? I, I just said, does does Herm as a favorite scare you? Like, I have a note in my like my notes. It just says like Herm as a favorite. Like anything over a touchdown, I really am reluctant to do it, just because I don't think he plays to win big. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, I think he has a tremendous amount of respect for David Shaw, too. I think the opportunity at hand, I think with what transpired last weekend, we'll have this team pretty dialed in. And again, I'm just not a believer in Stanford. And I don't think winning by two touchdowns or three, you know, is asking too much. Not like you're, it's not like the stretch is spreached a little bit where it makes you too nervous. If they can hit splash plays like they did against UCLA, mm-hmm. they can cover this without even trying to run it up. So I, I maybe lean the under. I've got no play here. Um, just just to go off what Bo was asking, Herm is an underdog, 11-4-1 against the spread. Herm is a favorite, 6-12. and 12. Mm. Oh, shoot. Okay. Like, I, I'm not a trends guy. I just I know I looked at some of his punting decisions and field goal decisions like last year, and uh, he still coaches like he's in the NFL at times, but they're winning, which is great. It's all right, but Danny's now got some action to root for as he's waiting right. for Arizona State to And finish. I got this sweet helmet over there that I got, <laughs> yeah. to, that I got to showcase, much like Maryland's, how'd that work out? <laughs> Friday night helmets with Danny. I think that we're going to have to keep this as a weekly series. <laughs> all right, the action on Saturday at noon, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma, about a field goal favorite, over under about 63 and a half. Uh, who's got plays on the Red River rivalry? I do. Same. Taking the under. Just, I, th- I think that, like, I think the total for this game last year was like 74. So it's come down over 10 points. But I just, I, th- I think that the thing with Oklahoma this year is it's not the explosive. We've talked about it. It's not the explosive offense that we're used to seeing. They are putting together kind of longer drives that take more time off the clock. And you're not seeing the kind of crazy scores that you've seen at times in the past. And even last year, what was the final score in that game? Like 
50 to 40 something, but that took four overtimes to get to. It was 31 31 at the end of regulation. And I feel like that's where this game is more often than not. Like there are a couple 48, 45, 60 to 50 kind of games in there, but it's usually a lower scoring affair than most people are anticipating. And I think that defensively, Oklahoma's not going to be able to stop the Texas run game, but I think they can at least limit it and force Texas to beat it more through the air, which I don't know if Texas is fully capable of doing. And then, as I said, on the other side, I just don't think this Oklahoma offense is nearly as explosive as what we're used to. They're more of a, they're more of an on schedule offense than they are a big play offense right now. So I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Hook them. Give me Texas. I'll take those points. If there's still a three and a half on the board, I love it. But I think Texas can win outright. Uh, the Longhorns are seven and two against the spread with three outright uh, three outright wins in the last nine meetings. And I think that when uh, I started to dive in on Oklahoma's defense uh, a lot this week in preparation for this game, I think that uh, and actually I'm. Sorry, Tom put this really well yesterday, so I'm going to rip it right from Tom. The Oklahoma offense is not as bad as you think it is, and the Oklahoma defense is not as good as you think it is. The difference is the offense just isn't the explosive offense that your brain has come to expect from Oklahoma, and the defense isn't leaky giving away these long, explosive plays. And so with that adjustment, with going at per drive data, with going on per play data, I started to realize that when compared to the other top teams in the country, the other top teams that are competing for playoff spots, Oklahoma doesn't really stand out uh, on the defensive side of the ball, exceeding expectations because they're still really good offensively. So I think that we get to attack that um, inefficiency where that defense, we give so much credit with the steps that it has taken forward, but it's not so good that I think they are going to be able to contain a talent like Bijan Robinson and you know, like Oklahoma's had the leg up in, term of, in terms of winning Big 12 championships. But like I mentioned, uh, Texas has never shown up in this game and or rarely shown up in this game and not been competitive. Uh, so I will take the Longhorns at the best number I can get. Three and a half. Let's go. I have, uh, I have a lock agreement and a lock fight with, with uh, those two picks. I'm going to take the under with my guy, Tom. That number's a little elevated. I don't trust either one of these offenses like to go out and just light it up. If Texas does get going, I think it'll be behind B. John Robinson. But I look at Oklahoma. I think slowly they've been figuring out some things. If I look at which team do I trust more in this position – I look at Oklahoma the last couple of weeks. They've been starting to run a little bit more outside zone, letting their offensive line kind of move off the ball a little bit. We're getting Spencer Rattler on some bootlegs off of that action. He's been playing with a lot more confidence. You know, 37 out of his last 41 passes he's completed. I trust the Sooners in this one, and I can get them at three. I don't like it. Texas feels a little trendy to me, too. I feel like Texas is getting a little trendy. They beat TCU for the first. You know, they had that record seven and two, and – um, they uh, uh, are two and seven against TCU. They get over that hump. They put up 70 the week before that. But it doesn't wasn't that long ago that Arkansas was pushing them around. I think Oklahoma's personnel on the defensive side of the ball will be the more similar to the Arkansas defense they faced. So I think Oklahoma will be able to contain Bijan Robinson. I trust Oklahoma more in this one. So I'm going to lay the three with the Sooners in the Red River rivalry. I'm trying to be disciplined here and not join you guys. I did bet under 65 and a half 
but I have a hard stop at 64 and a half uh, there, and I'm I'm not going to take 63 and a half. But I, I I do think that's the right side there with the under. I have no idea who wins this game at all. Like neither of these teams are super consistent. Yeah, the fans <laughs> will win. Yeah. Um, at 3:30 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> It is the first of two games in our SEC on CBS doubleheader. Number two, Georgia traveling to the Plains to take on number 18, Auburn. The dogs are about a 15 and a half point ish favorite here in the spot over under around 47. Is anyone getting in on Georgia, Auburn, the deep South's oldest rivalry? I'm going to jump in. Go for it. I kind of have to. I have to put my money where my mouth is. This will be, statistically speaking, the best passing offense they have faced. But what terrifies me is our guy Bo Nix. But where is Bo Nix atrocious outside the comfy (laughs) confines? Where is he playing this week where he played? Wait, last week was that? Where was the game last week? That was on the road, right? Yeah, That was kind of a signature moment for an iconic moment on the road. But when he comes back home, usually when you see the best version of Bo Nix, which I very clearly think that he's going to have to be, I think a mobile quarterback does neutralize some of that unbelievable dominance you've seen from Georgia. I do think it's going to be problematic. He's going to have to run around and scramble around like the plays that we saw um, last week. I don't think they come anywhere close to winning, but I think it's within two touchdowns. So I'm going to take Auburn Tigers. War Eagle playing at home. The other thing, too, I think Auburn's di- the bigger story in this. I think it's I've talked about offense. Auburn's defense is pretty good against the rush. I didn't, I, this is my biggest, like the two biggest things are all uh, Georgia's defense isn't truly going to get tested and their offense isn't having to do anything. If Auburn is able to take away the run game, whether it's Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, are they going to be ready, you know, to take advantage of an Auburn defense, throw it around and win in blowout fashion? I don't trust that just yet. I'm really hoping to get a seven here, uh, but it is just I'm not finding it. Um, a seven for the Auburn team total Jeez. under in the first oh, half. Wow. Oh, <laughs> but I went. Gotcha. But I went to this well la- last week, and it won. And I'll be going back to this well uh, now. It is plus one twenty. So if you're going to take this, don't be laying minus one ten. If you're like if you're not even getting the damn seven, but give me Auburn under six and a half points first half plus one twenty. Let's go. I lean. I can all see our 10-3. lines are standard juice on the locks. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, right, I'll, I'll, no, definitely not. I'm not. Not. No, not, come. Not, it's not, for the show. It's that's not like thirty cents. Paid. That's a huge deal. It's for the show. No, no. <laughs> it's just an advisory pick them for the show, guys. Wait till the seven pops if it does. All right. Then. So it's okay. not on the dock. We're not no, going to uh, put it down. Okay. Wow. Not, not for not for minus 110. 30 wow. cents is huge. I like mean full game under. Like yeah. I just in general, I'm not going to be locking it up and you know, we're waiting. Like if I was to make the if I had to make a bet today, I would just make that bet assuming JT Daniels is not going to play. Mm-hmm. That it'll be another Stetson Bennett game and that they're going to run the ball a lot, which allows the clock to run, which limits the possessions and that Auburn's defense if it knows that Georgia is mostly one-dimensional, we'll have a little bit of success. And Kirby Smart, um, you know, probably knows that being able to get in and out of this game, in and out of Jordan-Hare Stadium with a win by any score, involves 
riding the defense. And uh, and I think that that would be my lean here, but I'm not going to lock it up. And interestingly enough, Danny, the reason I'm not going to lock it up is I'm scared of Bo Nix because it wasn't just last week at Tiger Stadium. He played well in Happy Valley in a whiteout. Mm-hmm. He has very quietly ducked a lot of our expectations in terms of uh, the jokes that we have for Bo Picks or uh, or Road Bo. You know, in any of those that you've got uh, for a Bo Nix, he he could be the thing that takes down a total. So not locking it up, but under is my lean there. Yeah, me too. 4 p.m. Eastern time, Kinnick Stadium, Iowa City, Penn State at Iowa. I guess the total is ticked up. Ugh, gross. 40 and a half is where I saw it yesterday, and now I'm seeing it at 41. Mm, just I don't know how you live with yourself taking an over in Penn State, Iowa. Uh, Iowa minus one and a half is the spread here. Uh, who's got a play on this game? I do. Uh it's off. In the column, I took Iowa minus one and a half, and I still like that pick, but that's not what I'm locking up. What I'm locking up is what you just mentioned, Chip, and if the listeners don't, they're cowards and don't want to follow along with it and don't want to live a little bit, fine, don't. But I am taking the under 41 and a half in Penn State, Iowa, because this is this is going to be a rock fight. There's not going to be a whole lot of points scored. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be Kind of nasty, but it's going to be kind of ish under the lights. Not night, not morning, mid-afternoon. It'll probably be cloudy and gray. Maybe some wind blowing through. Give me the under. Love that. Uh, I will take Iowa here. I think that this is uh, a game where, number one, like, do you think that home field advantage matters? I think that at Kinnick Stadium, it probably matters as as much as, a, you know, many places in the country. Uh, I think that in terms of Penn State, you know, defensively against Iowa, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. Penn State's really good and built with its athleticism on the back end to defend teams that are going to try to spread you out and throw the ball. But that is not the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're going to be trying to run the ball with Tyler Goodson. So uh, I think that in this spot, you know, Sean Clifford, like Bo Nix, you know, they had that game against each other, has been playing better. But Penn State's offense quietly wasn't awesome against Indiana in that 24 to nothing shutout. And I understand the um, you know, wanting to just sort of park it once you got that advantage, especially with the big game on deck against the Hawkeyes. But I think Iowa wins this game. That is like the most confident read is that Iowa is going to win. And so at the short number, I will happily take the Hawkeyes and, uh, and lay that one and a half. Are are you so you're you're buying into Petrus's improvement game by game? Then obviously, not as I'm a little bit more um, of the belief that Iowa will be able to stay ahead of the chains against the Penn State defensive front and not get caught in a lot of third and ten, third and nine, obvious passing down situations that force him to make a play against a very dangerous and playmaking Penn State secondary. Got it. Okay. Where are you at on that one? Uh, I took some plus three, uh, but that's purely a math play. I don't really have a great feel for who wins this thing. Wait, a plus the three? Fans. Is that an alt line? No, no, no. On, on Sunday, it popped plus three. Yeah, it's, it opened at like like Penn State got to plus three. Now it's down to one and a half. There's been movement on this one all week. It's not something that I really like. Am, am, like I, I don't have a great feel for who wins. I just thought it was value. Like you just looked at it and you're like, it's going to be yeah. uh, like 17-16. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And by, by the way, where would that number be Under. where I would start to get nervous on the total? 
Where, where would it be, Tom? Like 34? 35. <laughs> 34, 35? Yeah. We'll take to 35. I love it. Uh, all right, let's take it to the primetime game, the back end of the SEC on CBS doubleheader. Number one, Alabama uh, going to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Uh, the Tide are currently 18-point favorites over under around 51. Who's got a lock for primetime Kyle Field? Mm. Roll Tide. You do. There you go. Yeah. No chance. Um, I would trust Texas A&M in this spot. And I, I was thinking about it from the angle of like, all right, Texas A&M, do they have their backs against the wall moment? Do they, or do they have an answer? Do they have something that'll like supercharge this team, this stadium, such that it is uh, a rocky place where Alabama gets caught a little off guard. Maybe Texas A&M's defense forces a couple turnovers, and this thing all of a sudden allows an Aggies program, Aggies team, to build up a lot of confidence. I don't know if the confidence is possible for the confidence to be high when you went to Jerry World and you lost to Arkansas because you couldn't move the ball. And then Mississippi State, a program that you look down on, came into your house and won just last week. Now Alabama's coming in. I mean, I might have, um, I might be overrating that loss to Mississippi State, but I think that Texas A&M is still a little bit overrated based on the performance that we've seen from the last two weeks. The defense cannot carry this team forever. I think Alabama wins this game by three touchdowns. I was uh, going to bet A&M in this, just purely based on numbers. And if you guys on Saturday, if you if you watch, I throw out a little thread. I'm like, please respond here with injuries that you see because I feel like in the NFL, injuries are like way overcovered, and in college, they're undercovered. And who actually is in the game? To me, it matters. And nobody responded to AM. So come on, Aggies. But then a guy on Monday was like, hey, no, you didn't talk about AM's injuries. I'm like, well, it'd be nice if you would actually share what the injuries are. And he gave me a huge list. And AM's got like a couple starters in the secondary out. And like their top two receivers that are reliable are out. And they got offensive line problems and they still don't have a quarterback. So uh yeah, Chip, I I think that's the right side here. I'm trying to figure out the best way to actually play this. Um my one worry is that we have seen Jimbo at AM several times play not to win the game, mm-hmm. but just play to not get embarrassed, right? Like the way they played at Clemson that one year, they were not playing to win. They were just playing, I think, for recruiting points. You know, hey, we, we hung with Clemson, right? They didn't actually try to win that thing. We've seen him do it a couple other times too. He'll play super, super slow. I, You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to lock this up because, again, we use standard juice here, and this is too alternate, but there are some seven-and-a-half team total first halves for AM out there at like minus $1.50 at DraftKings and a little bit better priced at faraway places. If I was going to play this, that's where I would go. But like, doesn't that worry you? Like lack of possessions? That, that's my worry. You know, it doesn't worry me because my pick goes exactly along with everything you were just talking about. Taking Texas AM under 16 and a half for the oh, team total. Team yeah. total? Mm-hmm. That's not bad either. Yeah. I think that the, what, the way I see this game going is, uh, to your point, they're going to try to you know stay, uh, keep Alabama in front of them, um, do everything they can, and eventually I just think the defense is going to get tired. Like There's just no way that I imagine Zach Calzada and the Texas A&M off- offense putting together extended drives that give that defense time to catch its breath 
And so while this game might be within the spread at halftime, I just see it in the second half where, um, you know, the dam breaks and, uh, and Alabama is able to tack on. I give Alabama way more chance of tacking on some late scores to get this cover more than I do Texas A&M to kick down a back door. You, you know what terrifies me and why I kind of want to go the other way? Bring out that contri- – it seems so easy. Because I agree with everything you guys said. And if you look at the last couple years when Texas A&M has been a better football team, Alabama's beat them by way more than 17 and a half. Like they kind of controlled this game. It's just everyone and their brother is on Alabama right now. College Station's not – you know, it's a tough place to play. They'll still be out there in full force at Kyle Field. You just wonder, like Bud was saying, can Texas A&M make it an ugly enough game to where it's it's just gross and it's, I don't know, 24-10, something like that. I could see that happening, but I don't. But also, sometimes it's easy and you take your money and you, you go ahead and walk away and everybody smiles. So I, I do not have enough confidence in, in the Aggies. I don't know where they are mentally right now. I don't know where the state of mind is. And if I think that the first half could be huge because, you know, if they like Florida game got sideways early, Florida clawed their way back in the game. I don't see that happening at Texas right. A&M. So like if it goes or Alabama's way early, like this one, I might watch live and see how it goes. If, if Alabama jumps out early, I think they take them to the absolute woodshed and it gets ugly, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, that makes me a little suspicious to go along I will with note, A&M's right. passing explosion this year is up. To 94th in the country. So major Ooh. improvement there for, for Jimbo and College Station. That is that is by far the best they've been under him so far. Following up years. on following up on your comment, Danny, about everybody being on it, like that's almost quite literally the case. According to Sports Insights, which gets their number from a few different major books, the books they've got, you know, info from 97% of the money on spread bets is on Alabama. Yep. 97%. And I'm seeing 93% of the bets. Like every, yep. both saw everyone's on this. Mm-hmm. There's a website called uh, Sharp Rank, which I, I guess like pulls a bunch of picks from people who have picks publicly available. And on Saturdays, uh, they'll pop up at my mentions and they'll be like, you know, Chip Patterson is uh, 13 and four against the spread when picking Alabama games. And do you know why I'm 13 and four picking Alabama games? <laughs> Because I only pick Alabama. So I pick <laughs> Alabama every single time. And Alabama for the last year and a half has been uh, pretty daggum good at covering those spreads. All right, game of the week. We teased it earlier. Who's getting in on UConn and UMass? <laughs> so much independence in this game. It's American. You know, we've got muskets. We've got Minutemen. We've got Huskies. We're going to be in Amherst, UConn, a three and a half point favorite over under at 57 teams are combined for 0 and 11 on the season. Someone's got to get a dub. Who's got a lock? I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I already play this at 54 and a half and I still like it. Give me over 56 and a half in UConn, UMass. Both these teams want to go with a little bit of tempo now. Both of them can move the ball okay on bad defenses, and neither of them have any kind of defense. So I know UMass has some QB injuries. So does UConn. I don't care. What they also don't have is D1 quality football players on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't know who wins, but I do think we'll have some scores. Found you a 56. Oh, 56. Perfect. Thank you, Tom. Mm -hmm. Let me lock that up. Let me lock that up. 
I was doing I, now. This is one of my losers from a couple weeks ago when I think it was Coastal played UMass, and I went on the over because you know UMass was giving up at the time forty one points a game, one of the worst you know uh, defenses in the country. But our guy Walt Bell, Florida State, and his blood he was there for a quick minute. They he put up some numbers. They've been putting up better numbers offensively, but then Coastal Carolina is a really good football team. They didn't do squat and uh, looked awful. But against UConn, I think they'll put up some points. I think this will be a shootout. I think this might be one of those fun games where everybody's like dialed in, starts watching it just because it's such a disaster and you want to see how the Ofer streak, who breaks it. Uh, I think this one might be kind of one of those wild, wacky finishes. So I'm in the over too. UConn gives up points, or UMass gives up points to anybody. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're good or bad, right? Like, so Pitt has Kenny Pickett. He's very good. They scored 51. Can anybody name Eastern Michigan's quarterback in that game? Because they had some injuries. I think they had their backup in. They scored uh, 42. Jim. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't matter who they play. They give up, like, 40-plus, basically, all the time. I don't need UConn to score 40-plus. I just need them to score, like, 35-ish. And UConn's been, you know, moving things in the right direction. But uh, UConn gives up a ton of points. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great. But Vandy it, let a two-minute drive on them with time to spare. It's And it was a, 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 a fantastic moment for the Vanderbilt Commodores in that moment. <laughs> great. Just great to see. Uh, UConn should have won, right? I mean, wow. remember? Wow. Right? Wow. No, I mean, I, we were all watching. I remember texting you guys being like, I can't believe what just happened. Didn't they, like – I don't know. UConn was incredibly lucky with those two defenders running into each other. I will say, for oh, that's, like, that's the yes. clutch gene. No, that is the clutch, <laughs> clutch gene, gene. <laughs> that we've seen from Vanderbilt. That is obviously coming from uh, Barton Simmons. Coming up on the other side, we go open gym, the whole board, and our locks for Week Six. Next, Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. To recap what we've got so far, uh, Tom is on the under 63.5 in Red River, the under 41.5 in Iowa Penn State, and the team total under 16.5 for Texas A&M against Alabama. Chip is on Tulane plus 7, Texas plus 3.5, Iowa minus 1.5, and Alabama minus 17.5. Danny is also on the Oklahoma-Texas under 63.5. A little lock fight as he's going to take the Sooners. Uh, The over 56 for UConn-UMass, Auburn plus 15.5, Arizona State minus 12.5. Arizona State there in that Friday night action. Bud's got Tulane plus seven on the card and the UConn UMass over 56 as well. That's a lock agreement with Danny. Bud, nine and one last week. The whole board is available. Uh, Take us where you would like to go. All right. Uh, So 
a team that I think we wrote off for dead, and rightfully so, based on how they played in week one, uh, is not dead. And this team is Nebraska. Uh, they are actually playing pretty decent defense. I will note that their defense has faced uh, a bunch of not very good offenses since the Illinois game, although I also would put Illinois in that category. Apologies, Tom, um, that they're not that great offensively. I mean, Buffalo, I think, is kind of an overrated team. But Michigan State can score a little bit, and Oklahoma can score a little bit. And they, they held Oklahoma to 23, um, and they held Michigan State to 23 as well, with one of those being a punt return. And then last week, uh, they they made Northwestern, which is a bad offense, look what a good defense should make them look like, right? Uh, Michigan has a team total here of 27 and a half. I'm not waiting for that 28. I don't think Michigan. I don't think Michigan's going to score that many points. They're not very explosive. They don't throw the ball that well. And Nebraska does not really give up very many explosive plays defensively, which means you got to drive. I think this game is probably an under game. But my favorite play in this ball game is actually the Michigan team total under twenty-seven and a half. And here I was thinking that you were just going to stay with me in the shallow end <laughs> with this basic play of a home underdog at night in a huge moment with the okay. top 10 team in the town. Happy Scott Frost day. I know that's not how the joke works, but I'm telling you that this is when Scott Frost gets his laugh against everybody who laughs at Scott Frost. Give me Nebraska plus the points because Michigan carrying. It's like, I love when I get the top 10 team showing up to town when the offense is a little bit one-dimensional. Now, they run the ball very well, and their defensive line has been fantastic. In general, I understand why Michigan has the high rating. I understand why Michigan has uh, you know, a lot of enthusiasm behind the kind of team that they've got. But I also think, as you mentioned, Nebraska has been competitive against the last two pretty good teams that it's faced. And in this spot, I... I mean, like they are right now projected uh, by a lot of models to be finishing six and six. You know what really changes those odds of being able to make a bowl game? Getting a win right here. And I think that uh, this Nebraska staff knows that. And I think that this is just a huge game uh, for the future of Scott Frost and Lincoln. I will take Nebraska uh, and those points. Lock agreement. I mean, my pick goes a lot with what you said, Chip, and it also goes in line with a lot of what the reasons you're taking the team total under on Michigan, but it's like Michigan's offense has been too one-dimensional. And in recent weeks, that dimension has been kind of taken away from it. Like this is a team that through the first three weeks of the season was just running over everybody. They were averaging over seven yards per carry. They were averaging, uh, they had 1,051 yards rushing in their first three games, 7.15 yards per carry. Last two weeks against Rutgers in Wisconsin, they're averaging 2.73 yards per carry. Like Rutgers just completely loaded the box on them and kind of suffocated it. And then Wisconsin's defense tends to do that to everybody. And while I don't think this Nebraska defense is Wisconsin, I don't think it's all that different from Rutgers. And I think it can follow a similar script to what Rutgers did and at least slow it down and limit it. And Michigan hasn't shown me enough in its passing game. I mean, it's lost Ronnie Bell. There's, you know, Cornelius... Johnson had a pretty good week against Wisconsin last week, but there hasn't really been tons of consistency in that passing attack yet. And I don't know if that's more Cade McNamara, because when J.J. McCarthy came in, he did unleash, I think, the best pass I've seen a Michigan quarterback throw in years, but he's not going to be starting, and it's going to be a road game, so I don't think he's going to get a ton of snaps if he plays at all. 
So I just, I can't trust Michigan to pull away and win this game comfortably enough as a favorite, even if it does win. I think this is going to be a lower scoring kind of close game. I think Nebraska can win. I think that if we want to take a money line, sprinkle on them later, I won't be against anybody doing it, but I'm going to take the three and a half points. I, I also took the three and a half and the four, by the way. I'm with you guys. Like I just put my, for I'm not going to lock agreement because obviously it's too many picks, but like I, yeah, I think that's the right side. Um, all right. Who's up? Open floor. Anywhere y'all want to go? Uh, get, Danny? Or Bud's way behind. Bud, Bud's like only got three, right? We need to get Bud up there on the board. Yeah, let's go, Bud. All right, Come let's on. go. Uh, you guys want to stay sicko mode, or yes. do you want yes. to? Uh, I never yeah. want to leave it. We already we already paid the bills. Let's at least like go sicko <laughs> mode now. All right. Well, there's a team out there that I used to think was maybe the worst team in the country, and they are playing another team that also could be the worst team in the country. But I don't, and I've been betting on this one team quite a bit. But I'm not going to lay 14 and a half points with Bowling Green against Akron. So go ahead and give me Akron plus 14 and a half. Against Bowling Green. Akron almost got me a nice push two weeks ago against Ohio. Ohio was trying to run the clock and then scored to win by 17. Look, Akron's bad. Bowling Green has improved. But Bowling Green has improved from, like, terrible, what are you guys even doing in Division One level to, like, you know, still a bottom 10 team-ish. Uh, and I 14 and a half was my buy point. It actually hit it here. So, uh, yeah, give me the, give me the Akron, uh, Akron zips. Who knew that there would be two locks on this game, but they wouldn't be on the same thing? Because <laughs> I also have a lock for Akron and Bowling Green. Are you going Green. under? No, I'm taking the over. Okay. Oh, all right. Now, I'm interested in hearing this. I just, I know that the offenses are bad. I get that. But the defenses are terrible. <laughs> and my, my, my experience has taught me that Bad defenses matter more than anything. So, like, a bad offense can score points against a bad defense. It's kind of like what we were talking about with UMass with the quarterback. It doesn't really matter who the other quarterback is. That team's been putting up points on UMass. I look at Akron and Bowling Green. I think they're both capable of putting points up on one another. So, I think 46, like, I don't think this is going to be, like, a 35-31 kind of action shootout. But 46 just seems too low. I think this is, like, a 28-24 kind of game. So, give me the over. Um, this note coming from ESPN's Chris Felica, a shout out to Robbie Calland. Hate to steal the bears honey here, but, uh, this is just the third time in the last 43 games against FBS opponents that Bowling Green has been a favorite. Just the third time in 43 Bowling Green. Uh, this is the first time since 2015 when Dino Babers was the head coach that the Falcons were a 14 point favorite against an FBS team. Six years and our boy Dino was the head coach at Bowling Green last time we've had a spread like this. Uh, I love it. I'm very happy with where we're at. Bud, you got another uh, deep cut? Um, yeah, so I'm trying to find a way to get this in because I've already bet both these teams, and I'm trying to figure out the one that I actually still like here. Uh, so I played Virginia. I played Virginia over. Both those moved. Uh, but again, I trust this Virginia offense. They should be getting the big tight end back this week. I'm going to go Virginia. Over 31 and a half. I'm not scared of that hook. Give me that Virginia team total over 31 and a half. I, I think UVA puts up 35. I think you're live to win the game. Obviously, like that's why I bet them plus the three. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they they might score 40. Man, I just I wanted to hit this green button for the children. But I, I mean, I'm taking Virginia. 
Like I, okay. I think that Virginia is uh, Virginia is in a better spot here. So let's take a look at where both these teams are because I do think that if you're looking at your rating, they are the reason that the point spread is tight is because they're not. Um, they're they're kind of the same, you know, middle of the pack ACC team. Virginia's coming into this game with a ton of confidence, getting a win against Miami that it has not gotten in a couple years. Louisville, you know, was there in the I, I joke about the Wakey Leaks rivalry game, but the reality of the modern Wake Forest Louisville rivalry is that both teams are able to move the ball on each other, and it's going to come down to who makes mistakes and who makes plays. And Wake Forest was the team that did that. Louisville was the one that made mistakes. Louisville's like arguably a more talented team than Wake Forest, but they were not able to pull it together. They lose close. So Virginia wins on a doink. Uh, Louisville ends up disappointed with their result. I don't think that Virginia goes into this game um, you know, like overlooking Louisville at all. I mean, a win right here is absolutely huge in terms of uh, – you know, what the Cavaliers wanted to be able to accomplish within the context of an ACC race. You mentioned Jelani Woods, like the seven four tight end. He's 6'8", but like he is a huge uh, part of the passing game for Brennan Armstrong, especially in the red zone uh, when you're able to get those opportunities against him. So I, I like Virginia. Are we at two and a half catching yeah. points? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll take that right there and I'll take Virginia. Uh, I think that Virginia wins the game and uh, and it's an, a pretty like a sneaky big one uh, for the Wahoos to be able to take care of business. Um, I'm still tracking it. And for those that care about such things in ACC conference games this year, the underdog is now 10 and four against the spread. Nobody's good enough to be favored. Mm. Florida State on the road, Carolina, big number. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. I don't like it that much. All right, I got one for you. All right. You know what I want to enjoy this weekend when I'm watching some games? I'd like to enjoy I'd like to enjoy some popcorn while I'm watching because I didn't get to enjoy any last weekend. And if you were an Ole Miss fan, you definitely didn't get to enjoy any popcorn. But I look at the Arkansas Ole Miss matchup, both coming off rough losses. And then it's like, where do you stand on these two teams as far as both kind of on this, you know, upswing? They've been upside surprises. Ole Miss, I would say, is further along in my belief in Lane, in his offense. The defense is better. Arkansas, I don't want to say got exposed last week, but I thought you saw, okay, they have a really long way to go. And yeah, Ole Miss wasn't pretty against Alabama, um, but I trust Ole Miss more then I trust Arkansas. They're playing at home. They're only laying five and a half. I think they can score. Even if their defense struggles, I don't. they're banged up. K.J. Jefferson was going into the Georgia game banged up. So was Traylon Burks. Like, I wonder where they are physically after going through this kind of, you know, this is part of playing their schedule, going through this gauntlets that the SEC has to go through. Now they have one more road game. Lane Kiffin, 21 points, his worst, you know, offensive output. I think he's going to look to try to, you know, take it to Arkansas's defense. I think they get it. I'm going to lay the five and a half with Ole Miss. Are you not scared of what happened last year at all? Matt Corral threw six interceptions. That's why I like it. That's why I like it even better because he learned from that game. Matt Corral, by the way, one of only three quarterbacks in the country who has at least 10 touchdowns and guess how many interceptions? None. Zero. 
He's cleaned it up, cleaned up the issues. Maybe he's going to buy in bulk again this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, like side bet. Do you think that he throws an interception in this game? Do you think that yes. zero yes. is still there? Yeah. I mean, one interception isn't the end of the world. Right. 1.5. Would you go under? <laughs> or I, I would take the over. I, I would go over half. I am setting. Yeah, I would reminder. say under one and a half. I'm, I'm setting a reminder in my phone right now for for later this week when the player props finally start going up. I am going to look for a Matt Corral interception prop, and I'm going to take the over. Yeah, because if he's got zero so far, then the algorithm might kick out a little point five, and then ooh, buddy, yeah. A- do I have any? Uh, do I have any lock agreement from the dentist? Can I at least get some agreement on that? I hope not. Uh, he's one in four. So the, <laughs> Good. Great Dennis point. actually did text me, uh, and I have a couple smaller plays in this game, trying to figure out which lock I'm going to throw on, onto the fire because I will have one here. Dentist, I should have gone under for my pick last week, which is what I took, so I totally agree. Uh, but I thought it was throwing too many unders out there. Sorry, Barton. My apologies to the pot. Uh, this week, I'm going with Arkansas plus six. Even before last weekend, I thought Arkansas would be a tough matchup for Ole Miss. Now Ole Miss is missing their best receiver, which I did not know last week, and Barry Odom has had a lot of success defensively against Ole Miss in the past. Arkansas will likely be able to run the ball effectively as well. Alabama hangover in play for Ole Miss. This game is always weird. I think a coin toss uh, who wins. So take the six points and buckle up. I do think this one will be higher scoring than last year, so I like the over as well. But I think for the lock, we're going to go ahead and give him the uh, the Arkansas, Arkansas plus six. So I could Perfect. just mark I could mark the win on Danny's sheet right <laughs> yeah. now. And, and I, I actually uh, – uh, so in practice this week, one of Ole Miss – I think their best guard is going to miss this game as well. He sustained a practice injury. And uh, I, I like Arkansas here on this side. I think they're, they're a more physical team than Ole Miss is. Uh, but I also think this game could be lower scoring. So the com- combination of those things, we'll have to stay tuned for the uh, for the sprinkles. I'm going to fire an under team total with Ole Miss, which feels very Icarus, a little too, too close to the sun here. But 35 and a half under team total Ole Miss. I think Arkansas controls the clock. And I think that they will execute the same defensive game plan they did last year. I do not think Matt Corral will throw six picks, but I do think it's going to force him to run the ball a little bit more, scramble. That keeps the clock moving. And um, ugly physical game for, uh, for for Arkansas. Go ahead and give me under 35 and a half for the Rebs. Love it. I just, I I hope that, you know, when, uh, when Ole Miss has got like you know, 30 points and they're driving and you're like, <laughs> oh no, then Matt Corral throws an interception in the end zone. I cash my Matt Corral prop right. and you're able to preserve your, uh, your Ole Miss team total. Hopefully uh, it's under- not 30, 27. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> right there. Also, um, um apparently, uh, Jerion Ely is also a little questionable for this game. Hmm. Just saw. That's not good. Um, all right. Good if you're betting I, under 35 and a half team total. I've got two left. Where's everybody else at? Well, I've got a lot left. All right. Well, Tom, why don't you just uh, go ahead and grab the wheel? I'm going with what might be my favorite play of the week here. Uh, UTSA is the best team in conference USA. As far as I can tell, there's only one time UTSA should be an underdog against anybody in that conference, and that would be on the road at Marshall. UAB used to be in that list, but after seeing the way UAB looked at Liber- with Liberty last week, I don't think it still is. UTSA is an underdog on the road against Western Kentucky, which, granted, has been a pretty good offensive team. I got to give them all the props there, but defensively, not nearly as good. And I think that this UTSA team is, like I said, it's the best team in the conference, and I think it's like a legitimately good 
football team sincere mccormick's a very good running back they are big on both the offensive and defensive lines bigger than most of the teams that they face in conference usa and i think they could bully teams more than some other teams in that conference can and i look at them going on the road here as dogs i'm taking the points but roadrunners are going to win so utsa plus three and a half love it i i'm not tired i am uh I think the line. I think the UTSA is the better football team, and I don't like the line. I'm I'm keeping my distance, and I applaud your courage to back Jeff Trailer in the spot because UTSA is the best team in that conference. Mm-hmm. I played Western Kentucky minus two and a half. That's purely a numbers thing. I certainly would not lay over a field goal here. The one thing that scares me on UTSA is that their explosive pass defense is like bad, but West Kentucky's run defense is horrendous. Mm-hmm. So. You know, now part of that is playing Army, but also, you know, um, Michigan State ran it all over him. Maybe a little total play? Jump on that over? Possibly. Yeah, that is possible. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's high. high. Unless yeah. UTSA just sits on the ball. Yeah. Cause I mean it's it's at 70, 70 and a half. <laughs> it's a high total. All right, Tom. Uh, why don't you uh go ahead and right. throw one more? I'll keep going. Another just as principle, man. Wisconsin can't be a ten and a half point favorite on the road. Like, have we not? Like, have we not watched Wisconsin football at all this season? Like, are we sure they could score ten points? Let alone, should they be favored by ten points? Like, the concern here is obviously the Illinois offense because the Illinois offense is bad. It's been bad all season long, but defensively, like Illinois early in the season was playing a lot of man coverage. Ryan Walters realized that wasn't going to work with his personnel, and they've switched to a more zone-heavy approach the last three or four games, and it's worked pretty well for them. They're not giving up a lot of points. They're forcing teams to put together long drives on them. They're not giving up as many big plays as they had been when they were playing man. And I look at this Wisconsin team. We don't 100% know the situation with Graham Mertz. We don't know the situation with Jake Ferguson. Ches Malusi is a perfectly suitable running back for them, but I don't think there's anything fantastic or truly special about him. I don't think that offensive line is very good. And I don't think Wisconsin is capable of the kind of explosive plays that you want to see from a team who's laying 10 and a half on the road as a favorite. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring kind of ugly game. A plus there is the quote unquote revenge factor with Brett Bielema, you know, going up against Wisconsin. So, you know, that Illinois is taking this game seriously. Also it's homecoming in Champaign this weekend. Give me the Illini plus 10 and a half. Uh, yeah, my agreement is very simply, I, I'm thankful that we have Tom to be able to take us inside that uh, defensive meeting room in terms of the shift in scheme. I liked it with a Wisconsin does not, uh, is not a team that can be trusted with this many points on the road. Plus Brett Bielema revenge factor. That's all I need. Give me the Illini. Homecoming. Don't forget homecoming. And homecoming. <laughs> All right, I got I got one left. Danny, how many you got left? I got I got one for sure. Okay. I might be able to jump on some of these other ones. I have three. Uh, nice. I like it. All right. So do you guys remember last year, Oklahoma, Texas, Red River shootout, Spencer Rattler was benched. Do you remember who came in for him? Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai is out here. Just throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. 24 touchdowns on the season. His offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, one brother of Lincoln Riley, is calling some absolutely beautiful calls for him. SMU is pretty good. 
Navy is not. I think Navy right now, like they beat UCF last week. So I think people are, oh, okay, maybe Navy's there. Maybe it's tough out. I think SMU can call their number on them. They're laying, what's my number? 13 and a half. Okay. As long as it's not, I knew it was a 12 and a half at one point, but as long as it's under two touchdowns, I think they win comfortably. Um, so give me SMU laying 13 and a half against Navy. I like that. Uh, I like that. Anything under two touchdowns and uh, SMU is awesome. And it would yes. be good for the American for Great SMU for to continue American. to be awesome because mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the conference is not providing a lot of uh, opportunities for Cincinnati to be able to continue in a showcase spot. No, I got one more for you. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Chapel Hill. I mentioned it before. The Tar Heels playing Florida State. Florida State's coming off that huge win. Big win against Syracuse. By the way, have you seen have you seen the last I think it was the second to last play, wherever the one where there was like 18 holding <laughs> holds in the offensive line? Like Mark Rick did a thing on the ACC network and he was like, come on, I know they're not supposed to call it late in game. There are like three of them for sure, where they're like grabbing and tackling them out there. But hey, it's in Tallahassee. Syracuse um, has a good defensive line. Sometimes you gotta <laughs> tackle them to the exactly. ground. <laughs> so Florida State's going to Chapel Hill. Florida State beat North Carolina last year. Um I think North Carolina comes out. I think they control the game start to finish. The total is 65 and a half. I don't trust Florida State to score enough points from their end to meet this over. But I think their defense is still like they're putting up really good effort. They're still fighting. They're still giving really good. Um, you know, I, I just Jermaine Johnson, one of the better defensive players in the country. It's not getting any love because the team is atrocious. I think. Keep it under the total for the game, 65 and a half. All right. I was, I was hoping we'd get like a podcast divided where you're on FSU, you guys are on FSU, and then Chip's got to take North Carolina to defend We his could honor. do something for fun, like for beers or something, because I wouldn't <laughs> mind buying Chip some beers, but I ain't touching this one. <laughs> Mac Brown's next win against Florida State will be his first. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just sort of keep – Keep distance. Hey, listen, sometimes in Chapel Hill, you see something going on and you want to keep your distance. All right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be better for you and your future. You sort of keep your distance and, uh, and, and trying to make a play on the spread there is certainly one of those situations for, uh, for me at least. Uh, Tom, do you have two left or Bud, where are you at? <laughs> He's got to unload. I actually don't have that many left that are, are in range. I'm just, I'm waiting on a couple numbers. Um, I will take one, though. All right, I have three, so should I just reel a couple off real quick? Yeah, you want to? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the first one, I'm going to take the under 46 in San Jose State and Colorado State. Uh, defensively, Colorado State's actually been pretty decent. Both of these offenses stink. I Nick Starkle has been hurt. I don't know if Nick Starkle is back this week. There hasn't been any definitive update on that. I'm guessing he won't be. And without him, like they were already kind of rough with with him earlier this year. Without him, they've been terrible offensively. So that just seems like far too many points. And then I'll go with another under. Uh, Michigan State, Rutgers, under 50 and a half. I feel like this is, you know, we've talked about it. Rutgers is one of those teams where I don't think they're very strong. And I think that when they run into elite teams, they're not going to be able to play the way that they want and have success. But I think against teams that are good and below, they really make life tough on you. They make like life difficult. They make you put together long drives. So give me the under 50 and a half in Michigan State and Rutgers. Woke up this Wait. morning. 
You just went under in uh, San Jose State? Uh, Yeah. Fight. Ooh. Oh. Fight. 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 Uh, Yeah, I I think this thing goes over. Um, I I just don't think Colorado State's defense is very good at all, um, personally. Like, they've played – I played this over 44 and a half. I think it's good to, like, 46. So, what can I get? 45 out there? I can get you a 45 and a half. I'm seeing 45 at Caesars. Oh, well, Caesars is not updating very well on this. Anyways, okay, 45. If I can get you that then. All right. Maybe we'll middle it or, 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 or side it. One of us will push. I don't know. Um, so, you know, Saints of Newark only got about a 2.3 rating. I haven't right seen now. it yet. No spoilers. And uh, and I've been picking Rutgers because there's a new Sopranos movie out two weeks in a row now. And it hasn't cashed. And if Tony Soprano taught me anything in my time of watching that series is even when you've made a bad decision, you don't ever fess up to it. You just double down and you just continue to make it over and over again, which is why in that Rutgers Michigan State game, I'm going to be taking Rutgers plus the five and a half. I don't hate it at all. I mean, it's Michigan State is done very well. I don't think Michigan State is like an undefeated kind of team. You know what I mean? At some point, that team's going to have to at least not lose a game, but get into a game where you're not expecting it to have you know to be in in tough shape. And I think on the road against this Rutgers team, I think this is a perfectly logical spot for the Spartans to have an off day. Yeah, I mean, that that number 11 beside the Spartans' name, you know, I, I don't think that that is driving this line. I think this line is probably fair, but it does seem like a ripe spot to be able to uh, to see uh, Rutgers get in there. All right, I'm 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 uh, I'm cashed out until Moneyline Sprinkles. That's all on my card. I've got one left. All right. Uh, I'm taking Utah plus three and a half. USC is soft. Utah isn't, and... I feel like that's been the trend with USC when it's when it's not playing a physical team, you can count on it to play well and maybe put up some decent numbers. But when it does play a team that's physical and will punch it in the face, they kind of, you know, cower. So give me Utah plus three and a half. I like it. I like it too. I'm Utah's in a tough spot. I'm you know, you're coming back from the freaking death of a teammate, right? That's always uh I always feel strange handicapping that, but the USC side of this and the fact that in its identity, Utah is going to bring a fight to USC that USC does not want a part of. I I love that line of thinking uh, so much. All right. Uh, Who else? Let's empty the card and then we'll take it to Moneyline Sprinkles. Is that it? That's That's all I got for this week. All right. Let's go to the money. Actually, we'll, uh, we'll review real quick and then head to Moneyline Sprinkles. Okay. Tom's card, the under 63 and a half in Oklahoma, Texas, the under 41 and a half in Iowa, Penn State, the under 16 and a half for Texas A&M team total against Alabama, Nebraska plus three and a half, the over 46 in Akron Bowling Green, UTSA plus three and a half, Illinois plus 10 and a half, the under 46 in San Jose State, Colorado State, the under 50 and a half in Michigan State, Rutgers and Utah plus three and a half. Chip. It's got Tulane plus seven, Texas plus three and a half, Iowa minus one and a half, Nebraska plus three and a half, Alabama minus 17 and a half, Virginia plus two and a half, Illinois plus 10 and a half, Rutgers plus five and a half. Danny, 
the under 63 and a half in the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma minus three, the over 56 in UConn UMass game of the year of the century, uh, Auburn plus 15 and a half, Arizona State minus 12 and a half on Friday, Ole Miss minus five and a half, SMU minus 13 and a half against Navy in the under 65 and a half in North Carolina, Florida State. Bud, Tulane plus seven, the Michigan team total under 27 and a half, the over 56 in UConn, UMass, uh, Akron plus 14 and a half in the Virginia team total over 31 and a half, the Ole Miss team total under 35 and a half in San Jose State, Colorado State over 45. Our lock agreements, we got Tom and Danny going on the under in Oklahoma, Texas. Chip and Bud on Tulane plus seven. That's Thursday night action. Get it in. Danny and Bud on the UConn UMass over 56 and a half. Uh, Tom and Chip on Illinois plus 10 and a half. Our lock fights, Chip and Danny on Texas and Oklahoma. And Tom and Bud on the total in San Jose State and Colorado State. Taking it to the Sprinkles. Tom currently is your leader, nine and five on the season, up 10.83 units. Bud, six and six, but up 4.95 units. Danny, also profitable, up 3.15 units with a six and seven record. And Chip, barely profitable, 0.8 units, uh, six and eight. It has been a five sprinkle losing streak for your boy. Uh, Tom, what is your money line sprinkle for the week? Well, hopefully I can get back on the winning side of things here after going on three last week. But my first money line sprinkle is kind of in line with a couple of plays. You know, you guys made. I'm taking Virginia plus 116. It's ACC, boys. Yeah. You're on it, too? Yeah. Anybody else want in on this sweet, sweet who's action? <laughs> I mean, I've already bet UVA the over and UVA team total <laughs> over, so I'm 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 fairly exposed on that. I'm I'm, I'm good, but uh, obviously, I think we're in agreement there. <laughs> All right, what else, Tom? Is that it? Uh, no, I've got two more. Uh, my next two are uh, Coke is not here, but he'll be happy to know that I'm on West Virginia mm-hmm. plus one thirty. I think that's going to be a ugly kind of low scoring game in which it's probably going to come down to a play or two in the fourth quarter so if i can get the team at plus 130 okay sure on a coin flip i'll take it and then my last one kind of a similar situation like i i've been on this show a couple times saying i don't think memphis is very good but i think memphis is good enough to where it shouldn't be a road underdog against tulsa so give me memphis plus 150 mm. that that game not being awesome is why the American needs SMU to be really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Bud, money line sprinkles. All right. I uh, got one here. I want to fire off to start this thing. Go ahead and give me Florida Atlantic plus 165. Uh, I think UAB is a better coach team, uh, but ultimately they totally laid an egg last week. They scored 12 points against Liberty, and Liberty's not a bad team, obviously. Uh, but like I. I think FAU is actually fairly live to win this game. Um, they seemed to get things together last week, and they, they put 58 on FIU. Uh, I, I just think there's a chance that FAU can score in a way that UAB cannot. And so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the plus 165 with the Owls. All right, uh, Danny. All right, I got a few. Here we go. Um, I like to look for teams that I think are better than their record says they are. Boise State, not the, the win column is suffering. 
Uh, they have lacked a win, but they've lost to UCF in that week one where they blew the 21-point lead. They lost by one point versus Oklahoma State, and they lost to a pretty good Nevada team this past weekend. They traveled to Provo to take on BYU, who I watched pretty closely last week against Utah State. I was doing the studio for that. And uh, they got some quarterback issues. Jaron Hall sat out that game on the sideline. Baylor Romney was concussed, left the game. They were down to their third string guy. It was getting dicey. I don't know. I, I the, Boise is in a tough spot. Like if, if Andy Avalos loses this game, it's not a good look uh, when your first year as the head coach. I think they might have their backs against the wall a little bit more. BYU has been a great story so far, but I feel like maybe this run is going to come to an end. So give me Boise State on the money line here. What's what's the best I can get here? 195. Boom. I'll take that. Uh, You guys all – so I think the Michigan-Nebraska game, I don't know, just give me Nebraska. Scott Frost is due. Just give me Nebraska on the money line. I've This is a – I loved all your guys' points that you had on it, and I'm like – I don't know. If you're going to take Nebraska in the three, three and a half, just take them to win. Why not? Adrian Martinez finally silences all his critics. And then we'll go ahead and take one more because it's been a wild, crazy college football season. I think there's some undefeated that possibly could not expose because that's still good teams. They're just not as good as we maybe think they are. It's a little dicey, but it's a number that I kind of like. You know, nobody goes to Piscataway and walks away unscathed to the birthplace of college football. <laughs> Give me Rutgers uh, to win outright against Sparty this weekend. I think they get back on track. I don't know how much I trust Michigan State just yet. Good football team, but I think this is where some of the uh, schedule gets to them. I, if you haven't put that in, I would wait a little bit, though, I will say. Okay. Like, Bo Melton left the game last week. That's their best receiver by far. And their left tackle is also in a boot. So, like, I I just saw that come across. Uh, I did bet Michigan State earlier in the week, but, like, I wouldn't bet them at this number. But, I don't know. Like, for, for the audience out there, I, I think they're live. Michigan State's not that great, but maybe you want to check to see their end. Um, in addition, have, oh, no. you got one more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it, bring no, it, bring it. Right. Do it. Do it, one do it. Do it. Let's go. One more. Another team that's undefeated. And they have a chance to go six oh, zero for the first time for the first time since nineteen fifty. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like this is one of those teams I just keep doubting, and yet they keep winning. But I'm gonna say, all right, you got to do it again to me. LSU, back, you're talking about backs against the wall, and this is one where I mean, just imagine if they just the 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 tide turns a little bit, and Bo Nix doesn't like Superman. They might have won that game pretty easily against Auburn. Max Johnson throws a pick late, maybe one of his only mistakes early this season. LSU is not the team that I've seen the last 10 years. They aren't playing very good defense, and they're not running the ball. They're throwing it all over the place, and they're not stopping anybody. But I still look at athletes on the field, I think, and I know Stingley's out. It's a concern, but I don't think you're worried about Will Levis lighting you up in the secondary. Give me LSU to win outright in Lexington. Yeah, guess what? The, the cash registers are down at the big we, checkout line. We got everybody backing up. We ain't going to be able to uh, – we're going to finally have an answer. You know, former defensive line coach Ed Ogeron is going to be like, no, nah, we're not going to let Chris Rodriguez run all over us. We're going to make Will Levis beat us. And even without Derek Stingley, I think that LSU backs against the wall, circle the wagons, gut check Saturday. I'm also on uh, LSU in my last money line Sprinkle is to load up that daggum musket 
give me UMass plus 145. Uh, UMass plus 14. What's the best I can find you? Where can you I get go? a 150? I can get you a plus 150 chip. Let's go UMass plus 150. This is an American game. It is an Amherst. It will defend that home turf. UMass plus 150 is the final money line sprinkle of the day. God, I love it right now. I do review Tom's money line sprinkles. Virginia plus 116. West Virginia plus 130. Memphis plus 150. Chips also on Virginia. Also LSU plus 145. UMass plus 150. Danny's got... Boise plus 195, Nebraska plus 150, Rutgers plus 180, LSU plus 145, and Bud FAU plus 165. You can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott. You can follow at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow him on t- Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Reminder, we will be live on Saturday night following the conclusion of Alabama, Texas A&M. Or who knows? I don't know. If Alabama's running away with it, we might fire up early. But the way that you can know when we are going live is by subscribing to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash cover three, and hitting that little bell for the notification so that you will be able to join in on the fun on Saturday night. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Go White Sox. October. Raise. Raise up. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.